0: Because Amanita works on the self and it grows your ego. Ego's not bad. The ego is is that emotional pathway that we use to be here. And emotions are not just happy and sad and all of the emotions that fall under those categories. Emotion is motivation. My life used to
1: feel like I was stuck on autopilot, trapped in the same thought loops, worries, and fears. Then something major happened. Enter psychedelics. My name is Kat Walsh, and you're listening to Trip On This. Join me as we journey together into these mysterious realms, discussing everything from personal transformation, otherworldly experiences, and practical at-home tips. Welcome, fellow traveler, to the land of limitless possibilities. Welcome back, my friends. It's your host, Kat. And today's episode is about the Amanita muscaria mushroom. Now, you might have not ever heard of the Amanita muscaria mushroom, but I imagine that you have seen it. You know your little emoji with the the red mushroom with the white dots? That's the Amanita muscaria. We see it oftentimes around Christmas, but it's not just for decoration, and it's certainly not just for emojis. It actually has incredible healing properties and has actually been quite a controversial mushroom. It was my pleasure to bring on Amanita Dreamer. She is an expert around the Amanita muscaria mushroom. She's a content creator and really is the go-to source that I can think of when it comes to any question around Amanita muscaria. During this episode, we not only talk about, of course, the specifics around what Amanita is, how to take it, what's it for, you know, all the little details, but we also talk about her why. The Amanita muscaria mushroom for her, for Amanita Dreamer herself, was quite literally life-saving life-saving. I won't say anything more than that, but this is quite a fascinating episode. It's informative, and I really hope you all enjoy it. But before we get into this episode, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Mudwater. All right. As you can see here, if you're actually watching this, I'm holding two cans of the Mudwater Matcha. This one is my favorite, you guys. I've talked about the masala chai one, which I like very much. But this matcha one is truly my go-to and I had to fully restock, as you can see, because of the way in which these make me feel. Now, I wanna be honest. This is kind of an odd tasting matcha. If you're expecting your normal matcha, it's not that. And I first, when I first tried it, I was like, huh, not sure about the taste, but we're gonna go with it. We're gonna give it some, give it some tries. I, fl- I sweetened it with uh, coconut palm sugar and I added it with almond milk. And the way that I particularly prefer this is actually cold. I like all my matcha drinks cold sometimes unless I'm, I don't know, going to Starbucks or something. But um, but typically I like a cold matcha. And I have now since grown to be borderline obsessed with this one. I drink it in the morning and then oftentimes like around like 2 or 3 o'clock when I need just a little bit of a boost. Not only is there a matcha chai in it, right? So it's got matcha, ginger, black pepper, and... I oh my God, I can never say this, cardamom. <laughs> uh, but it also has all of our good mushrooms, right? Lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan salt. Both the matcha and the one in the black tin, the rise cacao original formula, both of those are microdoses of caffeine as well. So you're being supported with a little bit of caffeine, but it's really all of these adaptogenic mushrooms that are really giving you that sustained energy throughout the day. If you're interested in trying this most functional matcha, you can use my coupon code TRIPONTHIS for 15% off your entire order at Mudwater. Again, that's TRIPONTHIS for 15% off on your entire order at mudwater.com. I'll link it all in the description of this episode and put it somewhere on the screen here. And with that, I kick it over to Amanita Dreamer. Well, Amanita Dreamer, it is such a pleasure to have you here. As I was just mentioning to you, I have been so wanting to learn more about the Amanita muscaria mushroom. And when I was introduced to you and your content, and then also listening to how this mushroom came into your life and why you dedicated yourself to it, I just thought, I need her on my podcast immediately, if not sooner. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks for the invitation.
1: Awesome. So why don't we start there? You know, before I get into some of that, i mean, I got some technical questions. I'm not going to lie about the Amanita, because I don't know a whole lot about it. And uh, I imagine a lot of my audience doesn't either. But before we get into that, let's talk about your journey. Let's talk about your journey that really, how, why the Amanita Muscari Mushroom? How'd you get here?
0: So I've had anxiety my whole life. Um, I didn't know that's what it was. I had my first panic attack at 12, wound up in the emergency room. They said I was hyperventilating. Um, They just sent me home. And I would go on to have these, well, I lived in a constant state of anxiety, Mm. but just these rolling panic attacks, trying to go through puberty with it, and then young adulthood with it, and then having a kid and working full-time, becoming a single mom. like It just mm-hmm. escalated, the yeah. panic attacks did. And then finally, when Hurricane Katrina hit and I had to relocate, I had to file bankruptcy. I had to start my life over. It was devastating. And that's when it became unmanageable. No matter what I tried, nothing was was fixing it. And I wound up just non-functional. And if ever anyone was a candidate for a heavy benzodiazepine as mm-hmm. an emergency measure, it was me at that point. And I don't begrudge the doctor who put me on them. I needed to be on them. That was a good call. That was good medicine. That mm-hmm. was a doctor showing up and doing what needed to be done. Right. And it was just immediate relief. Okay. Of course, sleeping a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I had two kids and I couldn't really take care of them, but you know, you adapt. Yeah. And I was on a really high dose of clonopin. and I had adapted to it and I went on with my life and, you know, I was a little thick in the head and a little slower, but I mean, when you turn your, the volume down on your nervous system like that, when mm-hmm. you like just manhandle it yeah. into submission, there's mm-hmm. some things are going to be sacrificed, but you know, whatever I lived with it. Until I started noticing that I a lot of stuff was happening, like showing up on the wrong days for appointments and mm. forgetting the most important reasons I went to the grocery store, forgetting to buy the gift for my kids' birthday party that they had to show up to. And then that just kept getting worse. And I All had to right. start keeping more and more notes. And those notes had to get more and more detailed. And the next thing I know, I'm having to leave Post-it notes everywhere until my life was was barely Coping again. And my children were starting to make comments like, Well, it's not like mom's gonna remember anyway, mm. or don't worry, mom won't understand it anyway. And that's when I was like, Oh, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. And I started looking up side effects of benzos, and I had found a study that had just been released that long-term benzo use will cause early onset dementia.
1: Oh God. How terrifying. I was
0: like, Okay, I can't live with that. Yeah. And this was around year five. So I said, Oh, well, I'll just I'll talk to the doctor about it. So I told him I wanted to go off of them. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll just drop your dose pretty rapidly and you'll, you'll be off of them in about a month. That was malpractice. And what mm-hmm. happened to me was a nightmare. And I immediately went back up and called the office and said, no, I, I can't do it. And he said, okay, well then we'll keep you on them. And I did research and I found the Ashton protocol. Mm-hmm which is what most people actually use to come off of them. And and it takes a very long time from the high dose I was on. Mm. And I was looking at nine months to a year and a half to get off of them. Wow.
1: But I mean, to, to taper that, and also for you to get it back into a mental state of being to start to handle the stress, maybe in a different way without the help of something suppressing your nervous system, basically, were you doing things to, to help, as the dose was starting to come down, were you, were you doing breath? Were you trying to get out in nature? Were you trying to do things to calm the nervous system, to balance basically the, the, the medication that you were no longer on?
0: Yeah. I had been doing meditation for about four or five years Mm -hmm. and I, you know, yoga Mm -hmm. and climbing, but as I started coming down and tapering, none of that was working anymore. So I started drinking Mm Mm-hmm because the alcohol would help take up the slack and then I would taper off the alcohol. Then I would drop again, then drink and then taper mm-hmm. down yeah. and then drop again. And there was, just, but it didn't matter what I did. It got so awful and so nightmarish and such a hell that I don't even know how to describe unless people who've been on these and tried to come off of these understand. Yeah. But when, when your whole body is in pain and you're getting these zaps of electricity and you're, you're awfulizing your whole life and, and you can't, you become agoraphobic and you can't get outside. And nighttimes are just hells of just nightmares and inability to sleep and crawling on your skin and just the sleep deprivation, all of it, the living in fight or flight and the terror that's so much worse mm. than when you got on them to begin with, it would get so bad that I just couldn't function and I would have to go back up wow. and I would try again for nine months, a year, and then have to go back up. And I was in and out of this hell until after five years, I realized I will never be able to live on them because I will become a burden to my family. And I'll never be able to live without them. And this is no way to live. So I planned my death.
1: Wow. Wow. It is such, um, I, I have someone in my life that has been through uh, so much what you were saying when you were saying, and I was like, wow, if I I I know someone who goes through that and it's it feels like there's no way out is the way that she's always described like it's just this this no way out and having that so acutely and also wanting to be a good mom and wanting to and you know I I know my my the person that I'm thinking of would even say like well my kids would be better better off without me because I'm no help to them like this basically. And it goes into these dark cycles. So when you got to that place of, okay, I'm going to plan my death. I'm so glad you're here. First of all. So I'm glad that didn't work out. Can you talk to us about how, how, how much planning did you go to?
0: What, what, what where were we I at? planned here? it all. Wow. I planned it all. I saw an attorney. I got my will put together. I got my affairs in order. I knew where to do it so that only, a professional would find me so that it wouldn't hurt anyone near me. And then I said about saying my goodbyes, which, you know, nobody knew. That's what I was doing. Cause when you really want to live, leave the planet, you're not going to tell anyone because you truly mean it. And you don't want anyone to get in the way of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what I hope people who hear this know, if they have a loved one who left and they never saw it coming, that's because they didn't want you to, and there was nothing you ever could have done. Mm because they made sure there was nothing you could do. Yeah. So it's not your fault. Mm. And it wasn't anyone's fault that I was where I was. Yeah. And had I done it, it wouldn't have been anyone's fault around me. Nobody could have fixed this. Right. So I did, I had it all planned. And then I just sat back and relaxed because I knew my days were counting and, I wasn't going to have to wake up every morning just going, Oh my God, why?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why again? Why again? Mm-hmm. You know, And, and hating every moment. And once I had that date planned, I was really relieved. And then I could sort of sit back and just say my goodbyes to the birds that I had come to know that had become my family and my animals. And then the last day before the next day where I was going to leave, I was sitting on my back deck and I heard this voice loud and clear That said, if you're going to leave the earth, then you should at least go out and see the earth that you're leaving. And I, I looked up and all the trees were looking at me. Mm -hmm. They were all looking at me like, yeah like, yeah, you coming. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I I got, I I immediately got shoes and then went right down the back deck and right out into the woods and almost immediately looked down and there's this bright mushroom. And I was like, oh my God, I said (laughs) out loud, oh my God, what are you? You've never seen it? you have never seen it? No, I never knew what that was. I've never seen anything like that in my life.
1: Oh my goodness. How long were you living there too?
0: By this time I had been here on this land three years. Three, oh my God.
2: Years. This is a, this is the kind of like mysterious divine shit oh, that I yeah. live for. <laughs> okay. Right. So three years, so, you've never seen a mushroom like this it, and there it is.
0: And I brought it in and I looked it up. And of course the first thing that was on the internet back then at that time, before mm-hmm. I started doing what I do, mm-hmm. it said toxic, poisonous, deadly. And I'm like, Oh, well it's beautiful anyway. Mm-hmm. But then I started going down a rabbit hole of all the ancient stories about it. And the lore about it Mm -hmm. and its potential ties through the religious iconography and how far back it goes. And like every culture has some form of it in their iconography, but also potentially writings in the Rig Veda and the sagas. And I'm like, okay, just like just immediately. This is not how we as humans treat a deadly substance. Right. Like just no.
1: Mm hmm. As mm-hmm. a matter
0: of fact, this is how we treat something holy,
1: absolutely, absolutely
0: necessary. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, uh-huh. something is up with this. Mm-hmm. And I looked online and I found uh, a couple of people on on YouTube that had taken it or whatever, and and they were still making videos. So I'm like, okay, not deadly in <laughs> right. the sense that still like, here, <laughs> take it, liver, die. Like, okay, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll make me sick. But it's not, you know, but anyway, who cares? But then I started looking into the research on it because I am have a science background. I was a science teacher, high school, and oh, okay. have written science stuff and and worked for research labs, you know, doing research. And almost immediately, I found that it's a GABA agonist, which is exactly what benzos are. Mm-hmm. And then I looked into the ibotenic acid side of it, and it is a glutamate channel, a cholinergic channel active and I'm like, that's the fight or flight response. Oh That's wow. the full balance of the fight or flight response.
1: It's even and more, I re- was just like, yeah, it's, even I don't more- know.
0: Like that's when I lost cabin pressure. I was sitting here at this computer and I just started floating and feeling tingly and just like, what am I looking at right now? Oh my God.
1: Oh, it's so exciting and what a per- you were the perfect person with your scientific background to even be able to put those connections together. Cause a hundred percent cat looking out would have never I don't have the background to ever have known that, to even put those pieces together. So just the fact that you like I was just saying, how divinely orchestrated the the, the perfect person to have come across this mushroom to have this moment with it. Okay. So now you're like floating here. When did you think, okay, now let's, let's check in with your death plan. Um, this mushroom has, has come here. Has it altered it at all? Is there any sense of like, wait, this is mysterious. Should I try this? Like what comes next here?
0: That's when the thought was, this is either going to mess me up and delay my plan but I'm still leaving or this is the freaking answer that I have been looking for my whole life. And it grew right out of the earth. And if that's the case, holy shit.
2: Yeah, no, no shit. So I, <laughs> yeah. I
0: immediately got in my car and went out looking because I learned they only fruit like once a year in the fall. And I happen to be right there. And I've since learned they fruit here for about seven to 10 days out of the year. So I got in the car, right? And I went driving and I just started collecting them. I collected a huge basket full of them. And I started, I went and bought a dehydrator and I just started drying them and putting them away in case it worked. I wanted this medicine because I didn't know where else I could be able to get it at that point. So I just gathered as much of it as I could find. And I said, okay, well, okay, here we go then. And I couldn't find any way to make it because at that time, the only places that existed were trip forums, you know, mushroom Mm -hmm. forums devoted to tripping or whatever. And it was mostly a malign mushroom and not very worthy and, you know, just fun to talk about and like have bragging rights about how much you took and how sick you got. Like that's basically what was out there. DMT Nexus and streamery and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Really bad, bad stories. Mm. So there really wasn't anything reliable about it to learn how to, to make it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I I slept and on it with it in my head, and I woke up with some kind of memory that I felt like I'd had a conversation with this mushroom or something, and I'm like that was weird. <laughs> so I'm sitting there trying to figure out how how would I how could I how should I, and I thought, okay, look, if this called me, and it fruited right when I needed it, and it's some kind of like telepathic being. Mm-hmm. Then it can tell me how to use it, right? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. So I lay them out on the counter and I'm like, you got to tell me what I'm doing here because I don't, I don't know. And they said a cup of water, 15 grams, 20 minutes. Just boom. boom, You just heard it. I was like, boom. Oh Oh my God. I got
2: chills just listening to that.
0: I got chills. (laughs) I was like, oh, and I stepped away from the counter and I out loud. I said, get the fuck out. Did I really? What? Oh my God. God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. And I just I did what they said. I weighed out 15 grams. I poured a cup of water. I simmered it for about 20 minutes. I'm like, so I just drink it? And they're like, cheers. Oh my god. Said, okay. But I was scared. So I took of like course. a like a quarter of a teaspoon. Like yeah. and I waited 20 minutes, nothing. So like I took a half a teaspoon, waited 20 minutes, nothing. And then I'm like, oh, I just need to. I need to trust it. Yeah,
1: you need to trust it. I need it. to drink
0: what I feel like I need to drink. I mm-hmm. need to listen and drink what I need to drink. Mm-hmm. So I poured it in a cup and I just started drinking. And then I, I, I just felt this gentle thing just say, that's good. <laughs> oh my and God. I set it down and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. What's going to happen then to me? And I, then I tripped. I tripped hard. What is the trip? And I have my trip. I had the trip story. On my website on emmydream.net because YouTube took it down. They've taken, okay. they've gutted my channel, and they mm. just demonetized me.
1: Oh, so I'm so sorry. I, I know
0: it's harsh. <laughs> But it's, I, I made my own website. Like all my stuff is on net, and the, cool. and the trip story is there and it's worth listening to. It's about 45 minutes long.
1: Okay. I will definitely put the link and, to it. And
0: I'm not trying to put you off. It's just, we have limited time. Oh. There's other things people might want to know.
1: Absolutely. I, but, I just, just high level though. I, one of my questions is like, you've, you've had psilocybin before too, right? Psilocybin mushrooms I
0: started. Yeah, I took eight grams my first time out and then I backed up to three, then five, then six. But my re- most recent was 10.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, so you go yeah. in. It, what is the similarities and differences between those two trips?
0: There's no similarities at all. There's okay. no similarities in how they grow. There's no similarities in how you prepare them. There's no similarities in the trip. And I have videos talking about that a lot because people are interested in the two since they're both mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. They, they think they they got to be so closely related, and they, they couldn't be further any apart. further apart in in every way except that when I'm tripping on Amanita, I can talk to the psilocybin, and when I'm on psilocybin, I can talk to the Amanita. Oh, that's they're really interesting, and they work together.
1: But yeah. but there there is a totally different trip experience and have you ever tried other psychedelics like is there any proxy for the Amanita or is it truly its own unique
2: style of trip
0: it's its own thing completely from beginning to end is it is its own thing and you can use other things and bump the experience but Mm -hmm. it's also a very good tool to use with psilocybin if you depending on when you take it first or second yeah some people use it to bump a psychedelic trip. What I use it for is, and I don't kill bad trips. I enjoy them. I mm-hmm. they, they're just work. But if you wanted to kill a trip, this will kill the trip.
1: Oh! So if you're ever
0: on a really bad psychedelic experience, have this ready to go. An in your tool bag. Yeah. So if any of you out there sit for other people, always have some of this ready. Prepare the tea and have it ready, or you can convert it to full muscimol. Have it ready. But I use it like those high doses, like nine, eight, nine, ten 10 grams. Mm -hmm. They'll come down is really harsh. Mm. And I use that as I'm coming down, like Uh, around hours, six, seven, eight. Yep. Yep. I'll use it. And the next day when you're still very much disoriented, Mm -hmm. I use Amanita on, on day two. Okay. To help calm and help integrate. It's amazing. It's such a good tool.
1: Can you talk to us about, as the scientist, um, it does Amanita also affect neuroplasticity and brain connections in the same way. Uh, and then my follow-up question to this is of course, what was the aftermath for you? Just to like, put a, put a, (laughs) a, a
2: a point. We we? did. We got to see like you tripped and then what?
0: And then what? (laughs) (laughs) So, So I woke up the next morning And I had never felt like that in my whole life, which made me realize I had never been free of anxiety. I woke up and I felt so light, like I was floating and the joy and the amazement that, oh my God, this is what it must feel like for normal people to live without this. I had no more pain, no more anxiety, no panic, no jolts of electricity. I felt expansive. And I just immediately started crying Mm -hmm. for all of the years of my life that I lived like that when the answer was right here. And then immediately I realized all the other people on the planet that are living like that, when this is sitting here, it grows all over the world, except in desert areas. And it's legal in almost every country. Mm -hmm. And why does nobody know about this? Mm -hmm. How can it be this amazing and beautiful nobody knows about it Mm. and and it's such a good medicine and there are um, no human studies so every question you want to ask me about does it I don't know there's no answer because no one knows about this mushroom I just planted my feet on the internet four years ago to a lot of hate and a lot of people telling me to shut up and it's a worthless mushroom to scientists that won't listen to me and the storytellers and the people that want it to be mystical and magical angry that I'm bringing the science into it so it's I feel like I'm pushing a boulder uphill Mm -hmm. in a time of increasing oversight and regulation
1: Mm. yeah
0: so it's I'm I'm weaving this this path through here trying to get people to listen but mushroom festivals don't want to hear about it they want to draw it and use it to represent psilocybin mm-hmm. but they don't want to talk about it they're not interested in what i have to say i can't get the scientists to listen so trying to get into the science side of the psychedelics people are saying it's not a psychedelic when it absolutely is because they define psychedelic as visuals when i think that our definition of psychedelic is way too narrow right i can tell you exactly how it's a psychedelic i believe from anecdotal evidence it is absolutely a nootropic and that it creates neuroplasticity in the brain. I believe that it cuts the same way that, that psilocybin does where it will cleave neurons that are holding negative memories Mm -hmm. and trauma. Mm -hmm. I believe that it healed all of my receptors because I have watched myself need less over time and be able to maintain a life without it that I never could before. But right now, a lot of people think that the ibotenic acid, which is what it is in its raw state, it mm-hmm. is almost 100% ibotenic acid. Then as you convert it through different ways into mm-hmm. muscimol, because of a few studies back in the 70s, and that's where the science ended, people think that ibotenic acid is neurotoxic and if you drink it, you will kill your brain and kill your liver. Mm. But those studies used rats and they injected it directly into the brain. I don't know what like sodas would do if you injected it into your brain, but I'm pretty sure that's not good either. (laughs) You're
2: right. That's That's an excellent point. And
0: then there was a study done about 20 years ago where they injected into the bodies of rats and they saw no damage to the brain. Surprise, surprise, right? Mm -hmm. And then over time of high doses of injections, like two weeks, they did start to see liver damage, but the same thing will happen with a lot of psychedelics. You can't take them every day at high doses. You'll start to damage your liver and your kidneys. Mm -hmm. I don't believe, and this is purely my opinion, I am not a doctor Mm -hmm. and I'm not a research scientist in this, and I am not in any way capable of making this declaration. Mm -hmm. I believe Ibotenic acid is an extremely important medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's an accident that it is front loaded in the mushroom. When I take it, my ADD is gone. I get into high, like gamma flow states. Mm -hmm. I know a large circle of people now that are using it effectively to treat ADD, ADHD. Mm -hmm. It has long use that way, especially in Nordic countries and the Sami people, the Russian people they break off a piece and eat it and go to work wow and this has a very long history of use that way i'm wondering why then is that the use for thousands of years when it's going to kill your brain and liver and they don't take breaks on it they they do that every day i'm saying take a break from it Mm -hmm. but i believe ibotenic acid because it hits the glutamate channels if anybody wants to look up glutamate pathways and google that and look at what you get. You get these huge flow charts of all these things glutamate does in the body. And, and it helps regulate that and can help heal those channels. Again, there's zero research on that. Literally nothing that that proves anything I'm saying. I'm asking for the science on it. And this is purely anecdotal from my experience and thousands of people that I have worked with, talked to, and are reporting Back
1: to me. Have you thought about going to some of the citizen scientists out there? I, there's somebody that's coming to my mind right now. His name is Will Padilla Brown. He's a um, kind of he considers himself like a citizen scientist, mycologist, um, someone who didn't go through the, the college. Are you are you familiar with him at all? He's he's an he's an interesting person. out for just a second. Will Padilla Brown. I, I had him on the show uh, and- Yeah, and, I
0: know, yeah, 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 I know so, about William.
1: Yeah, just, or, or just anyone, you know, whoever like that's on the citizen science side that um, is more open because I think that's yeah. that has been his problem too with the other side of science, which is it's only funded by the, either the colleges or by, uh, you know, people that are trying to make a prescription pill or something, right? Like where's the money coming from and what are their- um mandates essentially. And then there's so much of this gray area where nothing gets, nothing gets done. And, um, and he also looks, he, he's also very connected to, um, his ancestral roots and understanding like, okay, so how, how, why is the Amanita muscari? And by the way, for those listening, you've seen it because if you ever use the emoji, uh, the mushroom emoji on your phone—that's it. If you have ever seen it around Christmas time, that's the same mushroom. It's it's in, um, all dates, all, it's so much of of ancient art you can see it in. Like it's just everywhere, and it's like well, it surprises me that a sci- that scientists wouldn't look back. Um, what is it, anthropology like from an anthrop- anthropological lens, and be like wonder why wonder why this particular mushroom because it's very psilocybin does not grow with dots so when you've got literally red and white in your art you there's no there's no doubt what mushroom that is and so and then you hear you're not the first person that I've heard um talk about how it's changed your life I have another friend who she's the only other one that she She's for her an anxiety. She's like the amanita muscaria, and I was like, and I want to ask her questions because I because so many people there's it's such a misunderstood mushroom, and you know hopefully this is a call for people to look more into it to see about the ways of maybe preparing it in different ways, and maybe that's one of my next questions is what are some of the ways that uh, the amanita muscaria is prepared where it is maybe easier on the body. Um, is it about making a tea, for instance, like you said, I think I saw a video that you were talking about smoking it potentially. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about just the different ways in which you can consume this and the easiest ways maybe on the body?
0: So the ways that, and and each way that you consume it would be for like a different result or issue. Okay. So just breaking off a piece of it dried and eating it in the morning, like a lot of indigenous cultures do, Mm -hmm. that would be for using it as a stimulant and a tonic is what a body tonic is, is how a lot of it is described. Then the way that I use it the most and the way I talk about in the classes that I teach on microdosing and the book that I'm writing on mm-hmm. dosing Amanita, and it's mostly based on the tea that'll be out this summer, hopefully by June of 2023 Perfect. is to make the tea with it. Like the 20 minutes, you know, with 15 grams and a cup of water, mm-hmm. and then that will 50, 50 ish converted, give or take, you know, 10% on either side of that. And I think it's important because then you've got both medicines on board and the the mushroom can go in to the glutamate and GABA and cholinergic pathways and heal. It's adaptogenic and very powerful Mm -hmm. and beautiful and can, if you give it both of those medicines, it functions like a different medicine when you have both at the same time Mm -hmm. and it can You can do the work and the healing and that's better to take in the evening because you'll get a boost from that Ibo side of it, Mm -hmm. but it's tempered by the muscomal side. Okay. So you can get things done and most people find that they have motivation to do things that they normally don't like to do. Interesting. So like laundry and dishes and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. And then it'll slowly take you into sleep. And then the next day, a lot of people report just feeling amazing and have- had really good dreams, slept really well, and didn't have to sleep as many hours for that. So I also have ideas about sleep phases, mm-hmm. and potentially maybe a lot more time in theta, just ideas that I'm working on. Yeah. And then full conversion is muscomol. And that's going to be solely the GABA pathways, the equivalent of a benzodiazepine, but it's a heavy drug. Yeah, And you can't really take high doses of that. And if you microdose that because your panic is just that bad, mm-hmm. most people see after just three days of that, they're they're too thick in the head and too slow and can't function. And I want to say for the record, I don't believe anyone should high dose muscomol until they've high dosed the tea and worked their way over converting it a little more and a little more to the, muscomol side you know Mm -hmm. and push their dose up as high as they can get away with before they start getting nauseous then you know you've taken as much of that tea as you can and then you're just going to have to go to full muscomol but muscomol will get in there and deal with trauma like pre-birth to age six that vault that psychological developmental Mm -hmm. sensitive period that gets closed that most therapies aim to sort of rewrite Mm -hmm. and get to like EMDR, you know, that's really good at trying to get in there. And it seems like this mushroom actually is able to go in there and open that stuff up and start healing it and dealing with it in a way that I haven't been able to see any other substance deal with.
1: Wow. Okay. So
0: muscimol will do it in a big way. And there's a reason you just don't go opening that vault all willy-nilly. Okay. So please don't start with a high dose of muscamol. It can really upset you and throw you off balance and put you in a really rough spot.
1: So, sorry. Okay. Muscamol is, because I, is that part, is that like part of the Amanita? Is it part of the chemical compound? Sorry, break, break down for me a little bit. What is the difference between muscamol and Amanita muscaria?
0: So amnita muscaria is the mushroom. The okay. chemical that's on board is ibotenic acid in its natural state.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But through different methods, you can convert that uh, to muscimol. I so see. It converts like, uh, I think it's psilo- psilocin to psilocybin. Yep. And mm-hmm. there's conversions you can do with THC. So it's 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 similar to that in that you just cleave off one small part of that molecule and it becomes muscimol. Got it. And it's easy to do with heat. But it's hard to get it to completely convert sure sure and there's different methods and i talk about that on on my channel at amniadreamer.net how to get a full muscimol conversion
2: mm-hmm.
1: you were talking a little bit about how the the psilocybin uh speaks you can connect with the amanita and vice versa how you how how have your psilocybin journeys been going are they um do you feel that the experiences that you're having with psilocybin Uh, play their own role now in your healing journey versus Amanita? Like when, when do you feel called for, "Mm, this feels like a psilocybin journey or, Ooh, you know, I need to go deep on Amanita. Like where where, what, what's in it for you where you're like, I'm going through this or I'm feeling this and I, and this is what, you know, mushroom is calling me.
0: I'm so glad you asked that. (laughs) This is important. It's what I hope the future brings in mushroom use that people understand the roles that. That mm-hmm. these play mm-hmm. because amanita works on the self and it grows your ego. Ego's not bad. The ego is is that emotional pathway that we use to be here. And emotions are not just happy and sad and all of the emotions that fall under those categories. Emotion is motivation, wanting to live, yeah. owning the space that you take up on the planet rightfully owning your divinity and your right to be here and create and go after your goals. The opposite of that is suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. This mushroom grows that and makes you really feel big. And, and like you want to be here and like you have things to do and, and it wants to heal that, that inner core. It is the self mushroom. It's the separateness mushroom. It's the opposite of DMT.
1: Interesting. It is
0: the own your place. Be here for the human experience. Uh-huh. See your separateness and own that shit and use it. Be here fully, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then, well, right? Like everybody knows, <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> and then psilocybin is the relationship mushroom mm-hmm. how you relate to other people mushroom your relationship to trees and to the planet mm-hmm. and to other humans and to the animals mm-hmm. so when i have an issue with another human like i am i'm entangled with something with my mom mm-hmm. i am losing a lover mm-hmm. i'm having difficulties communicating with my kids and i can feel it's triggering me very very deeply about something that must go back like lineages that is a psilocybin issue. Mm. So when mm. I lose something that triggers me deeply and profoundly, someone does something to me and I'm just profoundly altered by it. I will first go to the psilocybin to stop the panic, stop the trigger and learn about what that relationship is, what they were doing, why they did it. I forgive them. I see it. I see the beauty in the relationships. I remember my divinity here and, and their divinity too. And then when I come down from that, I take it to the Amanita. And the Amanita teaches me, Mm -hmm. you were personally a child. This is what happened. You were just trying to do this. This is how it affected you. This is where it came from. This is how you can heal it. Mm -hmm. Because everything starts here. And I think some of the problems with spiritual bypassing with psychonauts is they use it as an excuse to escape their own emotions, their own core, mm-hmm. their own body. And they want to trip and they love seeing the connectedness of it, but then they come back and then that's a mental thing. They got to try to remember mm-hmm. we're connected. Yeah. And then something triggers them. And then everyone else tells you, well, if you feel triggered by it, then that's just your ego. Mm-hmm. And you need to trip again. Something's wrong with you because they're love and and they're you and we're one. And so if they're <laughs> right. triggering you, something's <laughs> wrong with you. hmm and it's really gaslighting. Yeah. And and all that's really saying is it's time to take it to the Amanita. And then DMT is for more galactic, universal, sure. off-planet. Sure. Yeah, although, I mean, I go off-planet at 10 grams. <laughs> I was going to say, are you still go... here at 10 grams of psilocybin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but even then, like even when I'm at the intergalactic council or I make it to the void, Yeah. you know, and like my best buddies out there in that space of the praying mantis i've had, a, even I've had an experience are,
2: with mantis too okay sorry go ahead
0: aren't they beautiful <laughs> yeah they are i just that's awesome oh
2: my god that's cool and yes uh, mushrooms yes big doses of mushrooms yeah anyway sorry
0: go ahead but even then they're talking to me about my relationships yeah that's what they're talking to me about you know and they love me they want me to heal and they're like we're here to support you on your journey through your human experience yeah through the lens of these relationships with all these people, and then when I get back from that, and I'm gutted mm-hmm. <laughs> from the experience, and I'm trying to integrate, I take that wounded self back to the amanita. Oh, so and I'm... then she just comes in and and hugs me and says, "Oh, baby, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Oh, Here we go. Let's we, fix it."
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for for drawing the, at least for you, what the experience is and how you work with both and how they complement each other in these fascinating ways. And, you know, it's interesting as I was listening to you, I, I think of my psilocybin journeys have been, um, sometimes cosmic, but some of my most, I guess, mystical or spiritual experiences have actually been so grounded through the human experience and realizing like, You know, one of my, the big uh, gets for me, this last kind of big trip that I did, I I went to Jamaica and it was just around, uh, here I thought it was going to be blasted into like, you know, the void or like some cool place. And I wasn't, I was just cat and like, here I was. And um, realizing one part that I have a tendency to want to go somewhere else other than this experience that I'm in this human body and experience and, and using that. But as I was like kind of going through and I was feeling just all of my emotions, fear, anxiety, hope, joy, all of these things that I can contain that we can all contain at once that we're that powerful that we can literally contain all of it. Um, that that's what it was like. You are that I am self like this in your uh, it's hard, it's, it's
2: hard to put words to like, you know, these, those
1: kind of big downloaded moments, but, but that my, my human experience that all of me is welcome and all of me is holy, essentially like, um, that it's not when I'm at my best necessarily, or when I'm the most buoyant in this and that, like that, even in my worst moments, I am still that I am in the capital I am. And like, um, and that there's nowhere to go that like the through my prayer is my connection to myself and that divine and and so it's it's so interesting to to hear how in in so many ways psychedelics while how well how far out they can feel during the experience that they actually ground you right back into the human experience that i find that um i just had a a, a couple guys on my show and and they had brought this up and i thought that's so true is Really, so many people that I know that have been on their psychedelic experiences, and these experiences actually feel more grounded in their human experience. Uh, that's not for everyone, obviously. We've met people that have gone <laughs> pretty far out, but for the most part, there's a sense of grounding back into the little things, and 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 looking around. And for you, like being excited to be alive, and now dedicating yourself. What a what an incredible story to go from. The brink of leaving this planet to this mushroom showing up to dedicating your life to it and having, and really moving things forward, your content growing. I know I'm so sorry about your YouTube, but I couldn't wait to have you on. I couldn't wait for people to hear this. And I hope that this continues to, you know, to snowball for you so that people can understand how amazing this can be and, and to just keep an open mind. And that's not for everyone necessarily, but it could be, it could be for you, you know? <laughs>
0: One of the things I did want to throw out, there Mm -hmm. are a couple of cautions and then one caveat, and that is, um, I'm just seeing through those people that come to me because doing what I do now, I am lucky enough to be the like grand central station for the mushrooms. So Mm -hmm. people message me and, and share with me and we're learning that people that take it and don't feel anything from it usually are cannabis users. There's something going on there and I don't know what it is, but there's something, I think it's in the glutamate channels. There's some gating issues going on in the Mm -hmm. glutamate channels Mm -hmm. that are affecting the control and the switching of those, uh, receptors. Most people, once they're off of cannabis for about a month, start to really get good back from Manita, a lot of people are using Amanita to get off cannabis. And a lot of people are finding that when cannabis was what they were trying to treat, Amanita treated better and gave them their sleep and their dreams back. So I just wanted people to to know that. Yeah. Not everyone who smokes cannabis gets gated out of it, but I would say most. Yeah. So that's something to look at if you try the mushroom and, and you don't get anything out of it. And then the other thing is if you are on cholinergics, high doses of cholinergics, Be a little bit careful with the ibotenic acid side of this because it'll hit your cholinergic channels. But more importantly, if you are on benzos, be very careful. Mm -hmm. I did use this to end that. There is no prescription model for using this to get off of that. No doctors using it. Nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. I did it. And I'm not going to tell you how I did it. Mm -hmm. And people write all the time telling me to tell them how I did it. And I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And telling anyone how to do that is practicing medicine without a license. It is a federal offense. I could go to prison for that. Mm -hmm. So don't write me asking me to tell you (laughs) because I'm not going to do that because I like my freedom and I want to help people. And I can't do that in prison. Mm -hmm. So the thing is right now, because we're in the early days of it, is you're going to just have to work this out between you and your medical care professional. Yeah. That's all I can say. And then if you are on things like sleep drugs, like Ambien, be very careful with this. Mm -hmm. Anything that's going to affect your GABA channels, look up what your drug does. Mm -hmm. And if it affects GABA, be very careful and wise as you proceed through this process. My goal in the future is to have professionals that have talked to me, worked with me, looked at the science and started experimenting and working out some kind of protocol that is licensed to do that, that can start lending professional help to this, to help all of these people that are trying to do this. I hope so too. But as of now, that doesn't exist.
1: I hope so too, because just like you were saying, trying to even, your process of even trying to get off of benzos was a nightmare. It was the this up, down, up, down, up, down. And so just the process of getting to the place where your system is clear enough to consume the Almanita and is. And people are
0: doing it all the time. They're mm-hmm. writing to me about it. They're saying, I'm going to start today. This is how I'm doing it. And they share their process with me and they celebrate it when it's over. And, and they're off of those and on this. Mm-hmm. So I know people are doing it. Yeah. Many people are doing it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm saying you should do it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. They, these are all these are all the good. This was definitely one of my questions of like who's who's this not for? What are some of the cautions? So thank you so much yeah. for adding to that. Um,
1: it, so I know you mentioned amanita I is legal in the U.S. Uh, technically, mm-hmm. um, is there any is there any gray area with that, or is it truly? Can you just kind of get it online and hope and just source, mm-hmm. hopefully from a good place? Do you have any tips on how to source, or is that also an area where you're like
0: nah? <laughs> nope um the only state it's illegal in is louisiana okay and i'm pretty sure that's because of the alcohol lobby you know because of new orleans there the alcohol lobby is really strong there mm. um, it's legal in the united states it's legal in almost every country in the world except the netherlands where literally every other drug is legal what i know and it's that really makes no upsetting sense. because there are a lot of people that love this mushroom that live in the netherlands And there are a couple of other small countries that it's illegal in, but it's it's perfectly legal. Australia has it listed as illegal because they consider it an invasive species, although like that, it doesn't fit the definition, in my opinion.
1: No, yeah. But
0: as far as I understand, as the law was interpreted, it's not illegal to use it, but it's illegal to pick it and then sell it or import it. Mm Mm-hmm. So you'll just have to look at the laws, you know, in your country. The UK's law, you know, they updated their law mm-hmm. recently on psychedelic substances and they wrote a very broad law. Yeah. And it has not been challenged when it comes to Amanita. But the understand the legal understanding of the law is that it is legal to use. Yes. But not to package and sale or import. Go so ahead. I on. have vendors that I have vetted that I approve of because there are some bad Actors mm-hmm. shipping, you know, really bad crap that they've burned or didn't you uh, know prepare yeah. it properly. Yeah. So I have vetted vendors on my website and they pay me to be there to be listed to have gone through that strict process. Got so it, it supports my work. If y'all mm-hmm. want to get some, if you go through my vendors and get them, then you're supporting my okay. work and what I do. Plus, I stand behind whatever you do with them if they don't contact you or if you don't get your shipment or whatever i'll go to bat for you i'll i'll talk to them we'll fix it but so far after 3 years of doing this i haven't had a single one not show up and not be accounted for or if it didn't show up they refunded immediately yeah because they 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 go through a pretty strict process mm-hmm. to stay there. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I will definitely, definitely include your link because I think
2: that's that's certainly as having trip on this is like the number one question for me usually is around sourcing. Uh, it's usually very tough for me to answer sourcing that. Sourcing is an issue. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. it's like I could never answer it about psilocybin and like other things like that. I was like,
0: and I'm working, uh, what were you saying? I'm working on products too mm-hmm. because there's a whole proliferation of products that, oh, you're frozen. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Oh, no worries. There's a whole lot of products that are being made that are coming out. And a lot of those products are bad players and bad products. They're laced with things. They're claiming things that are on there that you just click on the testing and they're not in there. So I am working, it's taking time. I'm working to go through all of these products until I can find a few that are actually what they claim they are and are made the way I know they're supposed to be prepared that are, have enough of the actives in them to make them worthy. Yeah. And then I will start allowing them to, I'll pick one of each product and I will allow them to advertise on my site and I'll stand behind that product. So I am in the process of doing that depending on when your listeners find this and listen to it. But right now it is um, April of 23 and I'm quickly, I hope to have one of every kind of product and every kind of preparation by
1: 23 oh perfect well this is a this we can use this as a perfect final close to say what's going on for you you got a book coming out this summer hopefully fingers crossed you're going to be adding new product that is vetted through you on your website what else where can people find you online consumer content you mentioned the website your youtube let us know what's exciting for you this year
0: I'm also working on a documentary. You are. Congratulations.
1: And I'm fundraising
0: for that. So thanks. The sooner I can get more funding, the sooner I can finish it. We're about 80% finished filming, but Mm -hmm. then, you know, post-production is a large part of the budget. So if any of you have expendable income, hit me up, let me know. Cool. And then I am at Mm AmanitaDreamer.net. That's where it's all free, all the education, anything you want to know. I don't even ask for your email because I don't want to gatekeep the information. I Mm -hmm. want you to have it. I support myself through Mushroom Voice Mm -hmm. because the Mushroom Voice is what saved my life. I have a community of people that use this mushroom. It's a private membership community and we have Zooms every week, two or three of them a week that have different themes. Mm -hmm. And then my store is there and I make products with this that I sell at mushroomvoice.com. So come support it.
1: Perfect. I'm Anita Dreamer. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your powerful story and bringing light to this misunderstood mushroom. I hope to see more people like yourself and yourself in particular, I can't wait to see your documentary grow and hopefully help people like you that like are at the end that can actually go like, wait, it doesn't have to be like that. It, just knowing that it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, that should put a fire under anyone. So thank you so much.
0: Thanks for giving me the platform.
1: Awesome. And for everyone, as always, trip on this.